Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to Netflix. And this week we're smashing it out of the park with not one, not two, but three epic episodes for you. Consider it our crowning glory. That's right, because we're celebrating the release of The Crown Season 3, which will drop on Netflix this Sunday. We have everything you will possibly want to know about the new series, so stay tuned for our all-important review. Barney Kinkle, the only person you're going to scare is yourself! Charlie! What are you doing? Keep the noise down. What are you doing here? Maze! Just in time. There's a whole load of police here. Think they're worried you're gonna hurt yourself. Or someone else. <laughs> How many children are you friends with? So hello, my name's Helen Daly. I'm the host of Netflix and I'm here with Neela Debner. Hey yeah. And Charlotte Manning. Hello. So we're all excited for the crown, right? Yes, we are. <laughs> yes. I mean we've all seen it, but we're we've all still excited. It. Yeah. Mm. Um so obviously we're picking it up at season three and it's been all change, I guess, this time around. Changing for the gods. Well done. <laughs> right, there we go. This is the level we're at. We're <laughs> <laughs> time already. Yep, yes we are. And um, yeah, so we thought we'd start with a little bit of a recap of season one and two, because I don't know about you guys, but I just, you know, rewatched it all and I just forgot everything that had yeah. happened and everything that you kind of need to know about. Yeah, it seems so long ago. It came out in 2017 as well. So it's like... 2017. Yeah. That was season two. When did season yeah. one, I think, came out? Was it 2016? Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's just grown into something like enormous now. Yeah. It's yeah. such a large scale. It's great. <laughs> I love it. So Charlotte, difficult the one for you, but can yes. you sum up season one for us? Um, oh God, so much <laughs> yes. happened in season one. So... You know, um, obviously the main focus is we see um, Elizabeth go from sort of the princess to the queen. That's like that transition's really focused on. And then um, she has to deal with her relationship with her sister, which obviously goes quite south when she has the affair with Peter Townsend. Peter Townsend thank you. Um, yeah. And then we deal with um, the Queen's relationship with Churchill. Um, obviously, a lot of his um, ministers are trying to oust him. So that's quite a, a key theme of this series. And then we see Anthony Eden step in as PM. And then towards the end of the series, there's the um, Suez crisis, which goes into season two. And we also look at um, the Queen and her husband's relationship as well, as she deals with being queen and prince philip doesn't seem to always like her being on top <laughs> mm. and we start with a really like pivotal moment i guess for not only the crown but history in general and mm. um, the death of george the sixth yeah so obviously um they find out that he's died while they're on tour in kenya so it's quite a shock for the queen to have to suddenly deal with becoming queen she's not really prepared for that she's only in her mid-20s she's very, very young, young very yeah. inexperienced and all of a sudden she's, she's queen now yeah she's being thrust in this position which she hasn't really had any time to prepare for obviously she's started to have more responsibility um because the king knows he's ill he knows he's going to die um and she has that responsibility she's on a commonwealth tour but she hasn't really had any sort of experience in training to be the queen i suppose like she's 
I think a lot of people forget how young she was when she became queen. So, yeah. And we <laughs> see her coronation as well, which, mm. you know, it was a big television moment anyway. And it yeah. Was it, was it, was it the first televised one? I believe so, I yeah. So. Yeah, it was. Um, Loads of people bought television sets yeah, just for this, in my Doctor Who knowledge. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, I, I, um, there was the whole thing of, like, people having street parties and people would go, they'd be like, 10, 20 people in one house watching a coronation. So it was such a big event, like, in history. Yeah. It's really nice to see it kind of brought to life yeah. in the crowd and in such a realistic way, I guess. Yeah, I think, especially, like, with all the costumes as well, like, she looks incredibly, like, goddess-like. Like, it's, like, do you know what I mean? It's very, yeah, very regal. Very yeah. regal, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. And um, obviously a, a big kind of character in history, and you, can't, you kind of have to tie history and the crown together, is... Winston Churchill. Yes. So um, season one looks a lot at, so obviously Churchill comes back. He, um, post-war, he was kind of like a war hero, but then doesn't get re-elected after the war. So he comes back in the 50s. Um, a lot of his ministers seem to distance themselves from him. There's obviously a lot of tension there. They want someone younger. They want someone who's more, I guess, I don't really know. I think they... Churchill's kind of coming up to 80 he's very old he's got kind of got like old ideas and a lot of it seems to be the fact he is this war hero and that he's trying to cling on to that but he's the old British bulldog yeah. isn't he um so obviously they I think it's more trying to go into a modern Britain and they want like a younger new leader so that's something that's dealt with a lot in the first episode mm. yeah and um we can't mention the crown season one without mentioning the dynamics between the queen and her sister princess margaret um, obviously played by Claire Foy and Vanessa Kirby. Yes. Um, I, Princess Margaret's amazing, right? Yeah, <laughs> I, I love their portrayal on screen. I think, like, Vanessa Kirby is amazing. Like, I just love the character so much. Um, I think she's really interesting because, obviously, you see she's quite rebellious. She she likes the thing of having all this power and all this privilege, but she doesn't really want the responsibility that comes with it. Um, you kind of see that she doesn't, especially with her relationship, with um, Pete Townsend, like, um, she, obviously, he's a divorcee, that's kind of not the the protocol, um, so there's that real struggle between, the Queen obviously wants to be there for her sister, but she doesn't want to sort of break her, you know, protocol, and it's, it's really difficult, I think, to see them kind of lose that connection, because the Queen kind of has to put her role first, rather than her relationship with her sister so it's it's yeah. quite hard to watch really it's really interesting as yeah. well because they kind of in the series you know they portray it as a kind of competitiveness on margaret's side mm. um she is obviously the more confident one and she kind of believes that she would have been the better leader almost and i think that's something that really continues especially in season three which we'll come to in a little yeah. bit but um yeah i think the dynamics between them work really well and, um, you know, another dynamic that is extremely exciting is Prince Philip and the Queen. Obviously, Prince Philip yeah. played by my one true love, Matt, Matt Smith. Smith. <laughs> we love Matt Smith. We do. <laughs> I I think Matt Smith was incredible as Prince Philip. Like, I didn't like him so much before. I mean, I watched him in Doctor Who. I wasn't especially keen on him in Doctor Who. I think I was very much like David Tennant. You know, I love David Tennant. But um, I think in The Crown, I was like, this is... He's so good, like, because you you don't like his character at all, like you, but you also do want to like him because there's something really interesting about his character. Mm. Like, there's definitely that there. Um, but obviously, the Queen becomes kind of more powerful than Philip, and he 
doesn't like it. He can't deal with it. He wants to be the man in the relationship, but the queen obviously is the queen. So. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, Neela, the, just the, the dynamics between Claire Foy and Matt Smith in season one and two are just it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah, no, definitely. I feel... I feel really sorry for kind of, you kind of see the Queen's character, it's always a power struggle, whether it's with Margaret, whether it's with Philip, she can never win as a sister, as a wife, as a woman. And it's just, it's fascinating to watch them as kind of characters. And you get that sense of it. And that's what I like about it, that it doesn't feel like you're watching a documentary per se, that you're watching like a drama and you're getting into the characters. Yeah, I totally agree. I think there's like a lot of moments in it where you can see Philip really struggle with thing like um his children can't take his surname um there's like this line I got that's like he says am I to be the only man in this country whose wife and children won't take my surname so it's like he really struggles with that and you see he gets angry and he kind of has to deal with the fact that he's never going to be as above his wife because of her position his role as a man is completely flipped yeah and it's because of she's the queen she's not an ordinary woman i just feel sorry for her because there's nothing she can do no it's not it's not her fault yeah she doesn't she like doesn't want to like she's more than happy for him to be like the head of the household and stuff but she's the head of the country (laughs) it's a little bit different a little bit different (laughs) and um you do see quite a lot of tension between them obviously um Mm. a lot has been made of the kind of infidelity rumours um yeah yeah throughout (laughs) yeah so it's kind of obviously kind of shown in the show that there is definitely that tension there um because towards the end of season one you see the queen like I don't think she really knows what to do she's kind of hearing all this stuff and um so she sends Philip away to Australia um for the Olympic Games and he kind of I think he kind of knows he's in trouble (laughs) um but I think obviously nothing explicit is ever said, but you can the show obviously suggests things and you know, viewers can make up their own minds about what they think's gone on, but it it's definitely a thing to address, like Yeah. And I mean yeah. obviously it is a drama, you know, mm. we can't tell what is true no. and what is false, but it is certainly exciting dramatic it's great viewing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very dramatic scene. Definitely. <laughs> um so that obviously leads us quite nicely into season two. Um Philip heads out on tour. So he takes a tour around Australia and the Antarctic and the trip kind of comes at that make and break point um, yeah. for Philip and the Queen. They're having, you know, really difficult discussions yeah. where they don't really know kind of where the f- future lies for them. And, um, you know, you get really interesting dynamics between them. You have the Queen is left at home with the kids and she's getting little snippets of information back mm-hmm. and she's constantly thinking, you know, what's Philip doing? What's Philip doing? Mm-hmm. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, he's having a great time. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, you know, he's dancing know. with the penguin. Yeah. <laughs> he's having a lovely time. Um, so I thought that was a really interesting way to start the season, actually, have them completely apart. Yeah, I think, obviously, because the tension built right up at the end of season one, so you see them really kind of almost in conflict with each other. So to have them apart and see their own kind of views on what's going on, maybe kind of like different point of view, it's really interesting. Like it really, I think it helps kind of, learn more about each character as well and what they're feeling so I think that was a really good thing to do yeah the queen I think really she comes into her own at this point mm. um because she kind of doesn't have that you know support from Philip while he's away because you know she just can't communicate yeah. with him yeah. <laughs> you know you have that scene where it's very difficult for her to talk to him um and I think this is for me this was like the turning point where she really started to become the kind of queen that we know and love today, the really strong leader um, who makes up her own mind, I think. Yeah. It really happens in season two. 
And um, another kind of thing that really kind of crosses between seasons one and two um, is the Suez crisis, as you've mentioned. You know, we have um, Anthony Eden, who's trying to deal with it, and the Queen's trying to deal with him dealing with it. And his health as well. <laughs> and yeah. his health. And it's a very, very complex scene. And if you're not really aware of the Suez crisis, you're just kind of watching, yeah. thinking, what was going on here? But I think that's kind of the point. Like, what I think was so. going on? I think, yeah, maybe that is it. Because I think if you actually look back at it, it was very complicated. I don't think anyone yeah. really knew what was going on. Um, and obviously... You mentioned Anthony Eden's health. You see in like season one as well. Like we don't really know what he's dealing with, but he yeah. he has this whole thing at Winston Churchill. Oh, you're not healthy. You're old. You know, like there's a whole thing about ill health, and he's clearly struggling with his health as well. So they're just keeping like this litany of illnesses under the radar, yeah. so no <laughs> one knows what's going on. Yeah, they're all being very <laughs> stoic, and then they all end up having to go to the Queen and be like. I'm really sorry. <laughs> Not very well. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to take some time off, like, whatever. And so I guess what about, um, we have more of kind of Philip as well when he comes back and you've got kind of more kind of assertions of things going on that aren't quite right. Yeah, so um, the probably one of the best things about um, kind of modern Britain is the Profumo scandal. I'm obsessed with it. And obviously they're making a documentary. Yeah. Uh, drama for the BBC which is gonna be really exciting. Was it the trial of Christine Keeler? Yeah um so yeah very basically um there was a sexual relationship between Secretary for State of War John Profumo and model Christine Keeler and it threw the government into chaos because there was a whole kind of allegation of spying and a, a lot mm. a lot of stuff um <laughs> one man took his own life as a result of being wrapped up with it very very huge scandal and the drama in the crown comes from um their suggestion that uh, Prince Philip was somehow involved as a mystery man mm. it's never really made explicit and um, it's been constantly denied by you know Buckingham Palace in real life um, however it is an interesting kind of dramatic situation because here in the series you have the Queen and Prince Philip's already tense relationship made a little bit more tense and they kind of have a showdown about it where she eventually just has to say to him were you there yeah. And he says, no, no, absolutely not. And with Matt Smith's performance, you never know. Yeah. <laughs> you really never know. He doesn't give anything away. And that's, you know, to his credit, it's incredible. But um, yeah, it's definitely one of the more exciting episodes of the season, yeah. I would say. <laughs> it's a really, really exciting one. It does. There is definitely a play on their relationship. And in the show, they're kind of like, oh, we kind of let kind of look the other way when things happen. And it's an interesting thing of because they never in the show they never want to get divorced so they kind of there is a deep love there like it's yeah it's very clear they have know. a complex relationship though. yeah very very complex mm. and it's probably complicated by the the crown and the title yeah um, but it's it makes for interesting <laughs> drama certainly very interesting <laughs> drama <laughs> So I guess it kind of, um, the Profumo scandal is mentioned at the start of kind of season three. And again, that whole idea of the kind of mystery man and stuff. And I guess, um, so this season, it's going to be covering the period of 1964 to 1977. And it's really dense again. <laughs> um, so over, yeah, over 10 hours, expect lots of drama and lots of things to happen. Um, but it's really interesting because... You've got a new cast this season, but you have all these kind of like parallels to previous seasons mm. and kind of 
you've got stuff mirroring other things, which I think is brilliant on Peter Morgan's part. So there's a lot of symmetry this season um, if you kind of look out for it. So I guess in terms of the um, the events that they're going to be covering, there's going to be the Cambridge Spiring Scandal. So that's where it kind of all kicks off. So I didn't really know too much about this. Mm. And I found myself, obviously, we will say, spoiler alert, if you yeah. don't want <laughs> yeah. you don't want to know the history. <laughs> um, yeah, no, so um, I found myself Googling this one, actually. Tell us yeah. a bit about it. So basically, there were, um, these men were kind of revealed to have been kind of Soviet spies working for the Russians during World War II up until the early 1950s. And it was only just kind of exposed now and so you had um the one that's explored in the crown again spoiler um anthony blunt who's kind of unmasked as this kind of russian operative and he also just happens to be the surveyor of the queen's pictures at buckingham palace great just so happens yeah just so, happens. <laughs> so there's this whole kind of in the show there's this whole kind of cover-up and the queen's like fuming about it but they kind of just have to accept it because it look really bad on like the queen and the royal family for help how could this happen within their doors kind of thing so i i'm really kind of i wanted to know more about it basically but that's kind of the gist of that so yeah. and it's a really great way to start the season like yeah. properly meaty political <laughs> straight drama. in there. yeah and the queen's faced with like a huge decision it's yeah do you get rid of this guy and expose everything to the public because obviously the media would get a hold of it yeah straight away. straight away or do you keep it hidden i think i think we can see stuff coming out later on about that i don't think that's gonna kind of stay underground we kind of know from history that it'll all be exposed so we can maybe expect <laughs> that from season four <laughs> <laughs> and um, one of the really exciting episodes i personally thought was um princess margaret's visit abroad mm, yeah i love that so that was in 1965 so um, basically, um, Margaret and Lord Snowden, played by Ben Daniels, are kind of on this kind of um, informal American tour when the Queen is like, I need you to do me a favour. And then it's kind of Margaret's time to kind of step up. And so she has to go to the White House and meet with President Lyndon B. Johnson and try and secure a deal for the IMF to bail out Britain, basically, because they're heavily in debt. And it's just kind of about that. And it's so interesting because it's her time to shine and this whole kind of rivalry it's continuing and this is what this is her moment and um she does deal with it in an interesting way um as you were saying like the whole kind of she wants the power and stuff but she's yeah. so reckless with yeah. it yeah she wants the popularity mm. as well and i think that's really interesting like she's clearly you like she's clearly popular with the americans mm. which the, i mean the americans love the royal family today don't they yeah. so it's probably because of partly yeah. because of her <laughs> experience there but it comes so naturally to her mm. she's such a people person yeah yeah but apparently she did also fall out with people so i feel like we don't see enough of that we just mm. kind of see the the raucous fun the kind of limericks <laughs> yeah the, <laughs> the, limericks. <laughs> uh, the drinking contests all of those kind of things even her like singing and stuff which is just so in contrast with the Queen, yeah. which I love. That, I think, was one of my favourite episodes, actually, of season three. Mm. And it was for, literally for one scene where um, the Queen says to Margaret, she asks her to go and do this favour for her. And um, Margaret says, no, I'm going to go to New York. Um, it's Anthony's um, it's book his, launch. Yeah. And 
she says, I'm not asking as your sister anymore. I'm asking as your queen. And I was like, <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> if you could pull the queen card, you would pull the queen card you so would, hard. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> That's amazing though. And, um, you know, it also, this series does have its incredible mm. highs, like these parties, but it also does have incredible heartbreaking scenes. Yeah. So the kind of uh, episode three, I think, is going to be one of the most poignant ones. Um, so it covers the Abafan disaster of 1966, which basically saw a towering mountain of waste from a colliery basically collapse on a Welsh mining village because of excessive rain. And it was just heartbreaking because the local junior school, Pants Glass Junior School, was hit the hardest when it was just completely engulfed in this slurry. And a total of 144 people were killed and 116 of these were children. And it's just, it is so hard to watch. And and in the series, you'll see kind of how the queen responds to it and how she kind of has a delayed response where she doesn't feel like it's right for the royal family to show up and then kind of eventually going. And it's all all also about the queen and whether she can show emotion and what's etiquette and royal protocol and that kind of thing. Yeah, she's kind of, um, she kind of feels she has to because Lord Snowden visits, Prince Philip visits and everyone's telling her you don't know until you go really. Yeah. And she goes and there's that really kind of poignant moment where she's expected to cry and you see her because she, she's not really about that. She's yeah. a little bit more stoic than that. Yeah. But I mean, you know, you've said it already. It's mm. brutal. It's really, really horrible to watch. Yeah. But I think it is also an important one. It's an important turning point for the Queen. I think so. And I think it's, I think the producers of The Crown should be commended for covering Abavan. I think it's such an important thing that we can't, kind of forget and we should remember and I think they've done they've done it justice I would say and I mean also the relationship the Queen's relationship with this event is very interesting because a title card at the end says this was the one thing that was like her biggest regret I mean we don't know if that's true or not but she visited four times in total more than any other member of the royal family so that speaks volumes Mm, I think definitely and um there, there is also the tragedy with the death of the Duke of Windsor Yes, so he's kind of been painted as the villain, hasn't he, throughout kind of the crown? Yeah, for sure. Especially in season one as well. Yes. The whole drama with him coming back when his brother died, he wasn't kind of greeted with warm arms, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, he, he is hated by them mm. pretty much because it's like, you're the reason why I'm on the throne and this and that kind of thing. And then finally, we see kind of his last days and how he's kind of perishing a bit like his brother, actually. I noticed there were definitely parallels there. So that was really interesting. And obviously you've got Sir Derek Jacoby playing him this time and just living in exile in Paris. Um, so there are some interesting moments. Like, So he passed away in 1972. And then there's a moment with him and the Queen where they have a chat and then it's almost like a moment of kind of forgiveness for what's happened. And that was really interesting, I thought. And then really weirdly, as I was saying about these parallels, You've got Prince Charles and the Duke of Windsor and suddenly there's this kind of mirroring of like Charles could be the new Duke of Windsor, the one to like upset the apple cart. So there's there's a lot going on there. There's a lot Peter Morgan is setting up for season four, I think. And you see that in his in Prince Charles's investiture. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you do. <laughs> yes, you do. Because he breaks, pro- well, he doesn't break protocol, but he says things in Welsh thinking that 
his mother won't find out what he said and she gets she, she takes him to task over it but he does yeah. kind of fight back she's always going to find out like she knows yeah everything. she knows everything again he kind <laughs> of he goes off script a bit and kind of spurs a little bit of welsh nationalism yeah, yeah. and she's like what are you doing what are you hun? doing <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's really really interesting mm. to see charles growing up because mm. you, you really don't see much of the kids in season one and no, two no not at all i think that's something i really noticed is that the first two seasons explore a lot the kind of the queen with her sister the queen with her husband but not with her kids and then you yeah. see that more in season three which is really good and then season four definitely will show that because you more. see a lot of Anne as well yeah exactly yeah oh she's so sassy <laughs> <laughs> I love her really really love her I guess the other stuff that kind of comes up which I had no idea about was Lord Mountbatten's apparent coup to yeah. take down the, the elected <laughs> yeah, democratically yeah, I elected did not know about this yeah I was no. just gonna like, take down the Wilson government why not? as you do, do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah really really interesting scenes and again it brings out some um, in really really tense moments between the queen and lord mountbatten yeah I, I just i'm just flabbergasted i need to know more about the history of it but apparently with along with like cecil king who was this industrialist and a load of others they were going to go going to launch their own kind of government with lord mountbatten at the head which would have been crazy but luckily the queen the queen came in Save the day, yeah. sort it out. <laughs> oh. And um, this season is not without controversy. There yes. has been huge rumblings already um, through the media about the Queen's supposed affair. Mm. So basically, there are kind of insinuations in the show that there was something going on between her and her racing manager, Lord Porchester, also no known as Porchy, um, because they were visiting the stables together abroad and... Philip wasn't that happy. I mean, you never see anything. It's all very much, it's very much subtext, isn't it? You have to read into it kind of thing. So, I mean, people have kind of spoken out about it and are angry about it with, um, like, there's no evidence at all. I mean, there is no evidence to support these kind of rumours and things. And even um, the Queen's former press secretary, Dickie Arbiter, came out and was just like, it's very distasteful and totally unfounded. So... That's going to definitely get people talking and probably Googling, but we just don't know here, like, what, what's real and what's not, to be honest. Yeah, no, and, you know, they, they've kind of said that it's research-based, but then there's no research for exactly. this. So there is, like, a very fine line, I guess. You're not supposed to take this as fact, I don't exactly, think. Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah. It's not an accurate history. Obviously, it is a drama. Like, yeah. you have to That's really important have some to drama in it. That it is a drama, and yeah. things will be dramatised, like, to make for more interesting watching. Exactly, like, yeah. We don't know 100% what is real and what isn't, but then it makes a good drama so well, exactly yeah. exactly that's what you need somehow. and it's got people talking yeah, exactly <laughs> definitely exactly i guess the other big thing that we should probably talk about is charles and camilla she's here yeah she's here <laughs> emerald fennel is brilliant she she does look the double of camilla yes she Scary. is yes she is and yeah i really like her i want to see more of her mm. also very sympathetic towards charles mm. yeah which you wouldn't expect would you yeah I feel like he kind of, unfortunately, he's kind of been portrayed as a bit of a maverick, I think, in the media mm. and things like that. But actually, you kind of see see him as like a youngster and what he's trying to achieve and stuff. And you do actually sympathise with him a lot. Yeah. It would be easy to portray him as the maverick, I guess. But, you know, Peter Morgan's obviously gone for the different kind of route and said, yeah. you basically kind of see that um, the royal family together, it's not just the Queen, they split Charles and Camilla up, they deem her 
not acceptable. Mm. Um, and there's a, a big kind of love quadrangle. Yeah, so the quadrangle is Princess Anne, Andrew Parker Bowles, Camilla Shand at the time, and Prince Charles. Yeah. And they all kind of team together and they're like, this cannot happen. Yeah. And Anne's really chill about it. She's like, you're fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, like, you're fine. And then they set up the marriage of Camilla and, and uh, Andrew. Andrew. And it's all very, um, again, we don't know what's fact, what's yeah. fiction. It's all kind of, there's been a bit of controversy about this as well, but we just don't know what's real or not. But in the show, Lord Mountbatten and the Queen Mother kind of plot to, to tear these young lovers apart. Yeah, because the Queen is like, well, it's fine. Like he's, you know, he's found someone. What's wrong with it? And then they're like, you don't know the full story. <laughs> you don't know everything. Yeah. And that's basically how that goes down. So, I mean, like, what did you guys think about the cast for this new series? I love the cast. I think, I mean, I love the cast for season one and two. And like, I think they've done so well because it's obviously rare for a show to change its cast midway mm. through. So like, there's obviously a lot of effort that's been put into casting the right people. And like, I love Olivia Coleman so mm. much. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I was really nervous <laughs> because I thought, how can they kind of top Claire Foy, Matt mm. Smith et al.? You know, you just kind of think it's not going to be possible. And then Olivia Coleman, like, obviously, we've talked about this, Neela. She <laughs> nails the voice. Like, she's, she's got it down. So good. Like, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, you know, she's constantly... She, she has that kind of face that she can show how stoic she is, but you can still see the tears and the emotion. Yeah. And I think that's a really, really important kind of feature, especially when, you know, the Queen is faced with Aberfan and various other tragedies that... You know, she she does have that ability to stay strong and stand tall. She did find it hard, though. I, I read in a recent interview that that was the hardest thing to do for her to kind of like not show the emotion, like how the queen isn't allowed to. And as just a woman for her as an actress, it was super hard doing yeah. those scenes. Yeah, because you don't want to seem like a robot and you can see you can see the emotion there. And obviously they do play on it, you know, behind closed doors. She is, you know, a little bit more emotional. Mm. But it, it's really interesting to see the way that Olivia kind of acts. You can see that there's a definite growing up from Claire Foy's queen. Mm. I think so. And I mean, like, but the only thing, the only thing I kind of had was that because Olivia Coleman is so lovable and so smiley and stuff. So sometimes when she smiles, I'm just like, it kind of feels like it almost like breaks a little bit. I feel you can kind of see her kind of seeping out through the cracks mm. of like trying to be the queen. I started the series thinking, Ooh. like, are they going to go down a kind of comical mm, queen yeah. route? Because obviously Olivia Coleman is a fantastic comedy actress. But then, you know, it started and then, you know, you they hit Aberfan quite soon on. Yeah. And yeah. then you realise, oh, actually, it's fine. It's yeah. in safe hands. She has done a lot of drama as well, though, mm. um, like Broadchurch, which is incredibly emotional as well. And I think... She's just very versatile. Like I obviously watched her first in like Peep Show and stuff where she's yeah. hilarious, but I think she nails the queen really well. And what about Philip? I felt, I like Tobias Menzies. I've seen him in Outlander and Game of Thrones. I kind of felt the script didn't serve him as well. He didn't have anything mm. really meaty. He had his midlife crisis, but I felt that was too wishy-washy and he needed something a lot stronger. And I feel the performance that he gave was really good but I was waiting for a bit more I don't know what you guys thought yeah I I don't know I think I think he's he's great but I think I'd agree with you in the Mm. sense that he probably could have been more deserving of something a bit more solid and Mm. I found him quite 
like you know like a, a good safe pair of hands yeah like, you know he nailed the accent he looked like prince philip he, he'd had the, the gestures down but as i say that is really it yeah because yeah perhaps the script didn't serve him well on this occasion mm. maybe it will in season four i hope so i'm not sure about the the history of philip to be honest <laughs> what's going to come up in the following years but it would be nice to see more from him from tobias because i think he really does seem like he's got it down. Yeah, mm. for sure. I mean, he does have some really lovely scenes with kind of his mother, Princess Alice. Mm. Again, I think she almost kind of, she's such a fascinating character that you want to know more about her. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I'd agree. He he was always there in the background to make it believable is what I found. Yeah, yeah. And I just, I wish he had that that episode that everyone else seemed to have. Yeah, and it, like something where he could come out more on his own and be like, this is this is my story kind of thing rather than being a bit, to the side a bit do you know what I mean yeah yeah and I mean there was only one person who could really take over from Vanessa Kirby yeah as Princess <laughs> <Yes>. Margaret <laughs> Helena Bonham Carter she is brilliant I love her Obviously. she's great <laughs> <laughs> it's like we don't even need to discuss no, it she's don't. just brilliant yeah well she did it's weird because obviously she played the queen mother which is Princess Margaret's mum in the king's speech oh yeah of course yeah, yeah. Totally so it's that. almost like it's kind of like oh she's now going to play like Margaret yeah. <laughs> but no she is great she gives that kind of that kind of fun mm. fun loving free spirit that the queen can't be but also that kind of explosive emotion yeah that we see later on and a bit reckless and yeah a bit she really unpredictable yeah she really does because yeah she's unpredictable mm. when she's happy and she's unpredictable when she's sad and it's a kind of important kind of mix to show I think yeah. with Margaret and, th- and that is like that contrast between the early kind of her having fun with LBJ and then to her, I won't say too much, but towards the end, like how that kind of transformative effect that she goes from such a high to such a low, that is impressive on her part. And um, and the kids as well. Yes, I was going to say, yeah, the younger cast members are great. I really like Josh O'Connor. I mean, they're yeah. not really kids now. They're no. <laughs> <laughs> grown people. Yeah, Josh yeah. O'Connor is Charles. He really, really nails it. It's it's interesting to see, as we've said, you know, previously, like a, a completely different side mm. to, to the character. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I really like it. And I think they're going to kind of take the lead more. It's, it's weird. It is going to be them kind of taking over a bit more i think we're yeah. gonna see less of the queen and less of Philip. i think so i think you're right i think obviously like there's pictures of filming we see season four's filming at the moment like there's a lot of josh o'connor and um i can't remember who's playing princess diane it's emma corin i think yeah. yeah but there's a lot of pictures of them so i think there's definitely going to be a lot more focus on the children as they get older and yeah they've got more responsibility and which kind of does yeah. echo real life. You, know, you yeah. see the Queen is kind of passing. She steps back a bit. On some yeah. responsibilities to, to Charles and the rest. But um, yeah, no, I thought it was really, really interesting to see yeah. such a such a young, but kind of a, a young actor with old eyes. Like we always use that to yeah. kind of describe yeah. Doctor Who yeah. and stuff. <laughs> but yeah, no, and Anne as well. Really liked Anne. Quick word for her. And I guess, yes, she's just brilliant. She's just so kind of, she doesn't take anything from anyone. She'll just say what she's on her mind because yeah. she knows that she's not going to be, she's not going to become the kind of ruler of. Yeah, she's not going to be queen. Yeah. She can have a bit of bit more fun with it, relax a bit, I guess. Like, yeah. she's not got so much pressure on her like maybe Charles does. Or yeah. yeah, which is why they're horrified when they find out she's been kind of playing away with Andy yeah. Parker Bowles. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, just final thoughts, I guess. We loved it, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we properly loved it. Yeah. So if you haven't seen it, when it comes out, watch it. Yeah. <laughs> watch it and watch it again. 
that's all for this episode. Thank you so much for joining us for our chat about The Crown Season 3. Thanks, Neela, and thanks, Charlotte. Thank, Thank you. you. And if you liked what you heard from us, please make sure you give us a follow on Twitter at NetflixPod and get involved with the debate. And don't go too far, as tomorrow we're going to have another Crown special for you, which is all about the fashion of the gorgeous Netflix series. We'll see you then. <laughs>